When you know the word, you begin to know who you are. You begin to, st- you begin to rise up in your authority and know that you are a believer of God, that you are a man and woman of God, that you have all the tools that you could ever need to given to you. You have the grace of heaven, and you can do all things through Christ, which gives you strength. Amen? He told him, I think, three times, and he continues to tell him, be strong, because he knew that Joshua was underneath Moses. He knew he was going to need a lot of encouragement. He had to go into the land, and he was going to be facing giants. But if you notice, if you read through Joshua, you will find that Joshua did things a little different than Moses because he learned by listening to what Mo- all of his mistakes. He didn't send in 12 spies. He sent in two. All those other spies, that came, only two of them said we can go in and take it, Joshua and Caleb, right? Moses sent in 12. Joshua sent in two because he knew he didn't want to have that kind of warfare, all those people. So here we are, and I want to, what I want to do is I want to address the spirit of fear, and I want to use the story of Goliath and David and how he conquered to do that. And so we're going to hang out in there. But I want to talk to you about uh, the enemy and what, what, the, what the Lord ministered to me through this scripture and in the earth today. The enemy is wanting to shut God's people up. He's one, it's like having a, a, a guard on your mouth. Don't say that. Don't do that. Oh my gosh, say it right. Because you might, you might get in trouble if you say it a little wrong. And we're noticing this even in the natural world right now. But I want to tell you, people that are in, we, have, we think we have a different warfare, and we do because we live in the United States of America. We're, we look at China, we look at maybe the Middle East, and we think, you know, we're not beheading people because they come in the name of, of the Lord. We're not, we don't uh, send them to prison because of Jesus, like in China, or kill them. We're not doing those things. So we think that kind of warfare is different than what we have. But yet the enemy is the same. He's not a different enemy over in China or in the Middle East that he is here. And so the spirit behind, shh, be quiet, it's the same spirit. It is an antichrist spirit. It's the same spirit that drove Hitler to kill the Jews. That is the spirit that wants to take out the Christians. We, we, we go to church and we have, you know, we look polished and we go in and we worship God. We have such freedom and we, we, we meet our friends. And a lot of times it's a social time. A lot of churches here in the United States, it's a social moment that we go into. And yet, and we think to ourselves, you know, we're not like them. We, this is how we are. And all along, the enemy is the same enemy that wants to kill all of us. He wants to shut us up. He wants to push us back. He wants to harm us in the same exact way. So we need to see it more, more of, a, of a global way. We need to see it in a more oh, expanse way. Does that make sense? Rather than just compartmentalizing, this is us, this is how we do things, and we're, we're okay, and we're not going to ever hit any uh, you know, persecution, and yet it's the same persecution. It's the same spirit. It's just kind of held at bay right now. And what's going on in the earth right now, when you see people uh, railing on anybody that has a moral compass at all, that's like the gnashing of the teeth when they gnash their teeth at Stephen for speaking the truth. And I want to tell you, it's just the truth. 
you, you, this is the truth right here, and I can be a Christian and speak the, the word of God, but if you're speaking anything that is like upright, or if you say that shirt's blue, and they say, no, that shirt's green, and you want to, the truth is the shirt's blue, they gnash their teeth at you, that's the same spirit when they gnash their teeth at Stephen and then they stoned him. It's the same force. The enemy is being held at bay right now, but it's not forever, and we have to know who we are as God's people. We have to set our faces like flint and be able to go into the fray and know that God is with us and that our righteousness is in him. We are in eternity right now, and if something happens to us, we're right in the presence of God. I think it was the girl that was in Columbine where the guy came in and pointed the gun at her and said, are you a Christian? Was that that the one? She had a choice right there. She could have said, no, I'm not. Instead, she said, yes, I am. And she knew her life was going to be taken. How many of us, we can't even say, God bless you to the neighbor, or can I pray for you? Or we're so afraid to say who we are in God. And yet, People in other countries are losing their lives. These are our brothers and sisters. We are not any different than them. And so we must make ourselves ready. The only way to make ourselves ready is to get in the word and press hard into the things of God. Amen? Okay. So he wants to to intimidate, to frighten, to overawe, especially in order to make them do what he wants. That's what the enemy does. He wants to intimidate, especially in order to make them do what he wants. So we're going to hang out in Goliath, in, in 1 Samuel 17 for a little bit. And I want to go through the scripture here um, with uh, uh, David. And how was it that this little kid was just a teenager, maybe 17, I think, uh, took out a giant? a giant in the land. What does your enemy want? See, when the devil comes to intimidate us, and like today, we could say, I, I could tell you, you know, there's, there's a global intimidation, but in individual lives, we have the enemy intimidating us. But there's something he wants. There's always something that he's after. And it's not always the thing that's right in front of our face. It's usually hidden because that's how he comes. And so the question that we have to ask is, what does our enemy want? What is he wanting? And if we get down to it, he wants our faith in God. He wants us to point the finger at, him, at God and to make us question if he is able to deliver us or even wants to. Now, this could be your life and your, your job is ready to be uh, is threatened or you can't pay a bill uh, or, or the enemy's uh, threatening you with sickness or disease. And the enemy begins to come, and he speaks in our head. He speaks in our mind, and he comes and harasses our mind. That is where the battlefield is. And so uh, he wants something. What happened to Gideon? You remember Gideon? He was found by the angel of the Lord cowering in a corner. He was hiding out in a corner. Because you know why? Because he saw the devastation of the ones that would come and take their produce it took their crops took, and stole from them and plummaged them. And the Bible says that they were like locusts that came in. That's how many they were. And so he began to see this over and over. And fear gripped him. And he wondered, why did God not, why is God not delivering us? Why is God not with us? 
and he would find him, he found himself in a corner hiding, sifting his food, his wheat, to try to save it so nobody could come and take it. And the angel of the Lord came, and the angel, and that's in Judges 6:12. And the angel of the Lord looked at him. Now, here's this man hiding, and the angel of the Lord said, O mighty man of valor. Okay, we don't always see ourselves like that, but God sees what we really are. God sees the potential that is in us. God sees us strong and victorious. The enemy wants to paint a picture that's not that picture, and God paints a different picture, and we have to choose what picture are we going to look at, what picture are we going to believe. And if you don't remember what the picture is of who you are, you've got to get in here because this is like a mirror. This is the picture of who you are. This is the picture of who I am. And when I forget, I got to come right back to this well and I got to dig it back up. I got to dig my own well and find out who I am. Amen? So the object of Israel's fear was Goliath. Let's read 1 Samuel 1 uh, 17, 1 through 11. Um, now the Philistines gathered their armies together in battle and were gathered at. at uh, I can't say that word. Who can say that word? Leroy can say that word. Sochoth, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sochoth and Azul in, I don't know what, verse 2. And Saul and the men, <laughs> Saul and the men, where am I? Okay, Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah. And drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley in between. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was uh, 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs, and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his, his uh, iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of, the, of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me there... We will be your servants, but if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That's enough to make anybody afraid, right? Here's this 15-foot giant. His spear is massive. He's, he's, not only does he look scary, but he's speaking words that are scary and he's intimidating to try to get Israel to do what they, what he wants them to do. So here they are lined up on one side and here's, here's Israel on the other and there's a valley in between them. And the Bible says that he came for 40 days, 40 days speaking these words to them. And Israel, this is what they did. They went like this. Oh, my gosh, we're getting smaller. I'm shrinking. They were shrinking in their own sight, right? 
The book of Numbers 13, 30 through 33, when Israel went in, uh, when the spies went in, they saw how great the land was, but they also saw the giants. And when they came back, this is what they said. I want to read this really quick. You don't have to turn there. I can... really good. I promise it is. Okay. Then Caleb quieted the people from before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to, to overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than us. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom he saw, we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Did you get that? They saw themselves as grasshoppers and because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, the giants saw them as grasshoppers. Who are we in the Lord? What is the power that God has put in us? The power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave dwells and lives inside of us. We have to begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. Because if we don't, the enemy will begin to see us as a grasshopper, as small. Amen? Okay, Goliath means splendor. He came for 40 days, he mocked them, and he challenged them. But this challenge was not just against them, it was against God. He defied the armies of the living God. When Egypt, when Pharaoh and, and, and Moses hit a clash, that was a clash of gods. Pharaoh was considered a god. That challenge was between gods. God was saying, who is the true God? I'm the true God. And when that clash came and everything they worshipped, if you go back and read uh, in, in the book of Exodus, you will find the things that they had plagues of were things they worshipped. They worshipped flies. They worshipped frogs. All those things that came as plagues, they worshipped the firstborn. Everything that came against them or came as a curse came as something that they, it was an idol in their lives. And so that was a clash of gods. And right now, and in this story, Goliath is coming not just against Israel. He's coming against the armies of the living God. And so when the enemy comes against you, he's coming against a child of the living God. And we have to begin to see not what's coming against us, but we've got to begin to see the power that God has to bring an end to it. Amen? And we've got to rehearse in our hearts how big God is. Because what Israel did, they didn't look at how God could deliver him, them. They didn't remember the things that God did for them. They only heard the words that Goliath was speaking. And so he puffed himself up. His stature and his armor were intimidating. He looked so big, so they looked small. The words he spoke defied and intimidated God's people. And he chased them with his words every day for 40 days. Who else did that that we remember? Sanballat and Tobiah. You remember that story in Nehemiah when they were on the wall? Sanballat and Tobiah came and they mocked him 
So he would come down from the wall. Why don't you come down and come confer with us? Isn't that what the devil does? He speaks a wicked lie in your mind, and he says, come down off your wall and come, let's talk about this lie that I just spoke to you. And if you come down from your wall, do you understand what I'm saying? And you begin to rehearse the lies the devil is speaking, you will chew those lies up and they'll get into your heart. And you'll, there will be a bondage. So fear will make you its servant. We, heard, we saw that in verse 9. He, he challenged them. He said to them, if, if you conquer us, we'll be your servant. But Goliath said, if, you, if we conquer you, you're going to serve us. Fear will make you its servant. Fear will render you ineffective and in total bondage. Fear hath torment. There is no love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Isaiah 54, 14, fear has oppression. Goliath oppressed them. He was oppressing them day and night. So Israel looked at the appearance of the giant. They trembled in fear. They listened and they gave their ear. And then they rehearsed and spoke the words that the giant was speaking. So the enemy comes to us. And now I want to tell you guys, our battlefield is not in a valley like that. Our battlefield's right here. Our battlefield is the mind. And if the enemy can get you in the carnal realm, fighting him in a carnal way, he can win. And so he comes and he speaks lies to your mind. And he said, did God really say that? Did God really promise you that? How stupid are you that you would believe that? Now, if I give my ear to it, now I can hear, right? I don't have to listen. Hearing and listening are two different things. When we hear, we hear noise out here. When we listen, we're listening to the words. We're listening to what's being said. And if he can get us to listen and chew that up, because chewing it up is what causes, it's the same in, I'm getting a little bit ahead, it's the same in God. When we meditate on the word of God and we chew it up, meditation means to basically revolve it around in our head. It's like a cow that chews the cud. Choose it, choose it, choose it, swallows it, choose it, choose it again. That's one way that we hear from the Lord. You don't hear a lot of sermons on people uh, on meditating on the Word. When you sit quietly and meditate on the Word, and then you chew it up in your mind, it drops down into your heart. You chew it till it gets in here. Then once it gets in here, what does the Bible say? I got ahead of myself. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, so Israel was speaking what was in their heart. We're afraid of this giant. Here's the giant speaking. What is the enemy intimidating you about? What is the enemy trying to drive you back on? Is it, is it that you can't pay a bill? You're going to lose your house? You're going to lose your job? What is, what is he oppressing you with? What is he oppressing you with? If you give your ear and you begin to chew on what he's saying without judging it, it's going to get into your heart and then you'll speak it out of your mouth. It doesn't take long to know where people are at. If you sit with them long enough, they'll speak where they're at. They'll speak what's in their heart. You don't even have to ask questions. You just listen and you'll know what's in their heart. Amen? So the battlefield is in the mind. 
And James 1, 5 through 8 says, uh, talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He's like the waves of the sea. They're going back and forth, back and forth. Back. There's nothing worse than to listen to somebody that goes around in circles and talks to all different kinds of people to try to hear, get what they want to hear. You give them the word of God and they don't want to hear, then go somewhere else. It's because something in them wants something different. They want to hear what they want to hear. So we have to choose on purpose. The word of God is always true, never, 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 never a lie. The word of God is always right, always, 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 always right. And if I come up against something where I go, okay, I don't get this, I don't get what this says here, and it doesn't match my circumstance, my circumstance cannot dictate what God's truth. The truth has to dictate my circumstance. And so we take the word and we apply it to our circumstance. I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. The devil's the liar. And you know what happens? There's always a lie behind the fear, always a lie. The devil comes, he sows a lie. Sometimes you've got to find out what that lie is. I remember when I was, um, and you've got to face it. So let me get back to where I was. So David he did something different. Let me just go here first. David looked at the giant. David heard the words, and he judged them as false. And then he spoke truth. To fight a lie, you have to speak truth. How do you judge a lie? You cannot judge a lie without truth. Okay? So he heard the words and he judged them immediately as false. Who is this uncircumcised? All he did was hear, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? Who is this? Do you understand what he was saying? Uncircumcised Philistine. He doesn't have a covenant with God. Israel has a covenant with God. You have a covenant with God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's defying me? He's the only one that judged the words. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against this, a high thing that is telling you something that is different than the word of God, needs to be judged and cast down. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ or his word, we have to capture the thought and we have to judge it with the truth. Amen? So we must have his word in us. We must get the mind of Christ on the matter. Uh, what did the madman of Gadara do? When they came, that was a miracle that God cast those demons out. And when the disciples came and they saw him sitting there with Jesus, they were in amazement because they said they found him in his right mind. He sat with Jesus, and he got in his right mind. When we don't know what to do, we sit with Jesus, and we'll get in our right mind. Amen? He will put us in the right frame of mind when we don't know what's going on. We have to sit with him. David could have conquered Goliath without his time, could not have conquered Goliath without his time with God in the wilderness in the secret place. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate 
day and night. And so even the young people that are in here and you think, well, I've chosen to not participate with my friends over here or do this or do that or go here or go there. And you kind of feel like, wow, I've been forgotten. But the Bible says you're blessed. The Bible says, Brandy, you're blessed because you have not walked in the way of ungodly counsel. You have not stood in the way of sinners. You have not sat in the seat of the scornful. The Bible says you're blessed. The Bible says you're blessed, Anthony, because you're sitting in a place where you're not going with people that are against God. You've chosen that, to be holy unto the Lord. And the Lord calls us blessed. And so we meditate upon the word of God. I want to share a, 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 um, a dream that I used to have. I, I had a dream, and I would have it, like I think I had it three times in a row. It wasn't every night, but it kept coming back. And I felt myself, I was being very intimidated in my life at the time, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on. And in this dream, I would be running away from this man that's just a nice-looking man. Just, he was just looking at me, and he would just walk toward me. And, and I was running away from him. And I wasn't even facing him, but I could see his face. I could see him running after me. And I mean, walking after me. And he didn't, he didn't run. He just walked like, and I could hear what, he, what it was saying. I'm going to get you. you. There's nowhere that you can run. There's nothing you can do. That's what I would hear. And I would wake up in my dream, and I would go, what is that? And then another time I had it again. And I would ask the Lord, what is this? I don't understand it. And the Lord began to minister to me. And, then I, and, I, and I, the last one was I, I actually turned around and faced it. But I had, and I had, a, I had a sword in my hand, I thought. But when I looked down, it was a butter knife. I know that sounds stupid. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I'm facing this giant man here, and I have a butter knife. What am I going to do, rub butter on him, you know? <laughs> and I said, Lord, why is, what does this mean? The Lord will tell you, you guys. The Lord will tell us what things mean. The Lord will speak to us. There's not one person in here that can't hear and be close to God because he made a way for us. Amen. And so I said, Lord, what does this mean? And he said to me, he said, and I ha we have in our family a, a, a familiar spirit of fear that tries to chase us down. I, Chris knows. And I know that's a familiar spirit in my, my family. We come from the birthplace of the mafia. Of, of all places, you know, Sicily. Isn't that fine, dandy? So, and my aunt, she used to have, <laughs> she used to have horrible uh, nightmares, night terrors, where she would be beating her chest and running down the street, I mean, not able to get away from it. And so there has been like a spirit of fear in our family. And the Lord said, it's a spirit of fear. And you can't run from it. You can't, you're not going to conquer it till you turn around and face it. That's what David did. He faced the giant. Israel ran away from the giant. David faced the giant head on. And, this, and I said, Lord, why do I have a butter knife in my hand? That's not going to help me. And this is what he ministered to me. Man's wisdom will never set you free. You have to pick up your sword. You have to understand this is your sword. Jesus, when he was in the wilderness and he fought off the devil... He didn't just say, oh, go away, devil. He quoted the word of God every single time, and he is our master teacher. We have to have the word of God on the matter. 
And so we need to get with God and say, Lord, how do I address this situation where the enemy is intimidating me? He's intimidating my life to take it away. He's brought sickness on my body. How do I deal with this? How do I face this giant? How do I fight him? Show me in your word what I can stand on because we have to stand on his word. And you know what? It might just be a little scripture. It might be one verse. But when we meditate on it, and I want to show you, I can read, I can memorize scripture. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that who should ever believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can just spew that out, never think about it. Take it now and say, for God so loved. Stop there. God so loved. Who did he love? He loved the world. God so loved, I'm in the world, God so loved Anne that he gave. What did he give? Think about just that. God so loved the world that he gave. Love causes you to give. When we love people, we will give to them. Amen? His compassion, when he was moved with compassion, he then healed the sick. Every time he was moved with compassion, he did something that brought about a miracle. So God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? One of 25 sons, his only begotten son. The only son that he had, he gave to me so that I would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's for all of us. That's how you meditate and chew on the word. And you just think on it and think on it, and worship him, and let it get down inside of you until it changes you, until it transforms you. His word will transform us by the renewing of our mind. We remember, oh, this is who I am. I'm a child of the living God. This is what I was made for. Okay, so that was my dream with the butter knife. Now I want to, it was quite humorous when I had it. Okay, so we need to do what David did. Number one, he looked at the giant. He saw that the enemy was behind him was a threat. Come up higher, find the spiritual weapons that we need. He heard his word and judged them as false. Ask yourself, what are the words? And this was a big deal because when I was um, younger, when I, I would have, um, I would be in fear, I wouldn't know it. I wouldn't know that it was fear. I didn't call it fear. I didn't label it fear. Because fear, just like Goliath had brothers, fear has a sister. You cannot separate fear and worry. You cannot separate fear and worry. If you have worry, fear will be right behind it. Something that you're believing that's a lie will be there. And what the Lord ministered to me uh, through another person that began to say to me, you you have fear. I said, no, I don't. I don't have fear. Well, well, yes, you do. You have fear. She recognized that I I was being fearful and intimidated, and I was drawing back. I didn't see it, because that's how the devil is. He's very crafty. He comes in a very crafty way, so you don't notice. And she said, you know what you do? Go write down what you're worrying about, and then you'll find out what you're afraid of. And I thought, you know, that's really true. What am I meditating on? What am I thinking about that's causing me to draw back and to be intimidated? And I wrote it down, and I realized, oh, that's fear, that's I'm in fear. You foul spirit of fear, get out. Jesus' name. 
You ha we have to address it to hit the mark. We cannot be beating around. We have to hit the mark. I want to do one example. Can I do that? An illustration? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use um, poor Anthony here. <laughs> okay. So, okay, you can stand right here. So the devil, he, try, he, 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 he does not like you, okay? And he came over here, and he's whispering, shh, 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 and you're listening, okay? And you didn't pick up your sword. You didn't pick up the word. You were just, you were just listening. Because sometimes we don't know. We don't know that we're listening. You know what I'm saying? We hear things. The, the whole world is very negative. It's always telling us what, what it wants to tell us, and we, we don't sometimes realize. If we don't stay in the word, we won't realize, because it's only the word that keeps washing. We remember. Okay, so the devil's going to come after him, which is me. I'm the devil, okay? And you're gonna th I'm going to throw punches at you. I'm going to hit you, okay? And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna fight me, okay? But this is the key. You don't have your word, so you get to wear this mask, <laughs> this is what we do, you guys. This is how we do. So you put that little mask on. Can you see anything? Okay. Now I'm just going to put you away. I won't hurt you. Okay, come over here. Right here, right here. Okay. Don't try to walk forward. I don't want you to fall. Just okay. where I hit you, you try to hit me back, okay? But wait. Okay? The devil really doesn't like you guys, and this is what we do. Oh, it really does make noise. I didn't know that. Punch me where you feel me hitting you. Come on, come on, man. I don't want to punch. Is this not what we do? Okay, you can take it off. It was. It was, Daniel. We try to fight the devil when we have a blinder on. We, we, we're not hitting the mark. So we start beating the air. Like, we know the devil's coming after us. We're like, where is he? Where is he? We're just hitting the air. And yet, if... Can you hear it? I don't know how to make it stop. Press a button. Oh, I like that. In order to have... Accurate blows, we have to have his sword. And the sword is right here. And we have to know who we are. That's the bottom line. We, we, we have to know who we are. And so if I leave you with anything, I want you to know that God loves you, that the Lord has called you a mighty man of valor. Is it still on? Here. I know, huh? He's called us mighty men and women of valor. And we need to begin to see ourselves that way. And when the enemy comes, don't run. Identify the lie. Face it. Face it. If, the lie, if you're sick and the lie is the devil's going to take you out, I'm going to pray every time you send that lie to me, devil. I'm going to pray for every lost person I can think of. we got to get aggressive back in his face instead of shrinking back. we got to set our face like flint and begin to realize that God is a big God. And if we feel intimidated, 
Get in the book of Psalms. Start meditating on what the good things that God, that's what David did. He remembered all of the things that God did for him and built himself up. I remember when you did this. You didn't forsake me. God will never leave me nor forsake me. The Lord is with me whithersoever I go. He wants to bring prosperity to my life in every way. Righteousness, peace, and joy. If you don't have peace, that's the kingdom of God is what he left us. He left us righteousness, peace, and joy. you got to grab it. Grab hold of it. If you don't have it in your life, you got to grab hold of it because the Lord has already paid the price for us. Amen?